Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to Laura Untold. I am Talison. My pronouns are they, them. Lexi, she, her. And today, we're talking about memes. Well, we're talking about specific memes. We're talking about memes in relation to Gideon the Ninth. I want to give a, hu- a couple of huge disclaimers for this episode. We will be spoiling everything through, we are right now recording December 17th, 2022. So anything through Nona is game. If you have not read through Nona the Ninth, don't listen to this episode. Or if you don't care about spoilers at all, feel free to hang around for a fun time. Exactly. Yeah. If you don't care about spoilers, welcome to stay. The other thing is a lot of Gideon the Ninth is based around body horror. So we just want to give everyone a reminder that if body horror is not your thing, while we will not be describing things in detail, it's going to come up. It, there's no way to avoid it with this series. We will be as G-rated avoidant vagueness as possible, but it's just a thing that comes up. So I just want to make sure people are aware of that and opt out if they do not want to listen to that. For some context, I hate the body horror in Gideon the Ninth, so, but, I love, but I love the series. So it'll be minorly touched upon <laughs> as little as we possibly can. Yeah. Yeah, neither of us like body horror, so it's just unavoidable when you're talking about necromancers. If you haven't listened to Gideon the Ninth, but you still want to listen to this episode, if you haven't read Gideon the Ninth and you still want to listen to this episode, the descriptor given on the back of the book is uh, lesbian necromancers in space. So take that as you will. Yeah, it's a lot more complicated than that. (laughs) It is. That's a super simplistic version. (laughs) If you have no context. I would say how I describe it to people is... Queer gothic horror set in space. Space opera, though. Yeah, space opera space, not like tr- more like the Star Wars side of space opera, like the original trilogy space opera type stuff, not like 2001 A Space Odyssey. Got it. So the reason we're talking about this is memes are integral to this, this book series. They are in, so far, all three books. They are used in very interesting ways in the books. They, in the second book, Harrow the Ninth, contribute to the unreliable narrator of that book. And sometimes they're just there to, like, kind of shock you out of what's going on at the moment. Mm -hmm. And they do it really well. They do it really well. Before getting the Ninth, Lexi, what do you know about memes oh god this is gonna make me feel both old and young (laughs) at the same time oh fuck um they are a part of internet culture i would describe them very heavily as a they they are a form of communication Mm -hmm. they are a modern form of communication i would go so far as to say though there's like argument for that if we're describing memes as like a form of visual media to jokingly describe something we've been doing that for a long time so like they're a form of modern communication, I guess. I would describe them as a part, as like a part of modern folklore. I know that I never remember a single meme ever. <laughs> <laughs> I see them, they immediately leave my brain and I cannot remember them. So I'm not one to reply to conversations with memes because they don't stick in my mm-hmm. brain. That's what I know. Those are my thoughts. So memes have been around a very long time. Yeah. Memes are not limited to the modern internet meme. They mm-hmm. predate that. What Oxford English Dictionary has, there's they have two main definitions of memes. Okay. A cultural element or behavior slash trait whose transmission and consequent persistence in a population, although occurring by non-genetic memes, 
especially imitation, is considered analogous to the inheritance of a gene. Like, that's, like, the most confusing way to put this. That's so confusing. You read out a sentence that did not, it went in one ear and out the other and did not stick as coherent in my brain. Yeah. So the best way to describe this in like a way that made sense to me once I like had my, I had a big brain moment. A sociocultural group mm-hmm. takes something from outside of that sociocultural group, mm-hmm. changes something and makes it relate to their group. Yes. I would also even go so far to say is that it, I would consider memes to be satire in a lot of cases. No. You disagree. Okay. It's by definition, they're not always satire. Not always, but in a lot of cases, they are satirical. I would say that's, yeah, I would say I do not agree with that because a lot of, because of the basis of the fact that by the definition that's given by a lot of people, something like taking a clothing item from another sociocultural group and changing it something about it to fit your cultural group mm-hmm. is considered a meme. Okay. It's such a wide umbrella that it's brain breaking. Okay, yeah. If we're looking at it that broad, then I would say like a much smaller percentage of them appear as satirical. I was thinking more in the realms of like gifts and images. What we think of when we think of like the traditional meme, if you had not yeah. been introduced to like a larger descriptor ever. And that's just a personal opinion as to sort of what I see when I get from memes. And obviously we can have different opinions. Um <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm, I, I, and I think this is partially because of the time of the internet in which I started interacting with the internet. I don't see that as much. That's not like yeah. how memes are to me. But I also grew up in the age where like reaction images and GIFs were a lot yeah. more popular. Like my generation uses that kind of thing a lot more mm-hmm. than younger generations do. We are often made fun of for it. Right. Yes. No, I know. <laughs> Which is totally fine. Roast us all you want. It's okay. (laughs) So one of the big things about memes is that they're specific to that sociocultural environment and they don't spread outside of that. So like think of any time you've shown like a parent Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is so funny. And they go, I don't understand that. And you're just like, okay. Because it relates to that environment. I think one of the ones that I really like as an example for this is the gif or image of prince zuko saying that's rough buddy because you it's to yeah. us it's so applicable to like any situation that you could just mm-hmm. reply that's rough buddy when you like don't know how to respond but want to give both a little bit of like bring some lightness to whatever's being talked about mm-hmm. and support you know but like if i sent that's rough buddy to my mom she'd be like i don't understand this why are you sending me yeah they're contextual i don't they're highly contextual. There are people that I will send memes to on one thing and others that I will not send them <laughs> things at all. Exactly. Okay, so the word meme was coined in the 70s by Richard Dawkins in his book, The Selfish Gene. It was made to combine the Greek mimema, I think is how you say it, which means that which is imitated with the word gene. He wanted to combine those words. Okay. Because he, to vastly oversimplify, and we are not going to get into his whole meme theory thing because it is incredibly difficult to, like, read and understand Mm -hmm. because he kind kind of talks in circles when it's not necessary, in my opinion. He proposes that memes are an inherent part of evolution with humans, which... I'm making a, dear listener, I'm making a face right now that is <laughs> skeptical. Yeah. Do I think that memes in the broad term definition in that huge umbrella group have been as old as time? Absolutely. Yeah. Like we have, we have examples of people 
in you know caveman eras spoofing each other on on cave drawings and stuff so like do i think that it's a thing that we maybe gravitate towards because we need to make things like understandable to ourselves or like understandable to other people in our culture yes do i think it's genetically part of the human genome no absolutely not it's a learned behavior yeah this is we're talking (laughs) nature versus nurture this one's nurture this one's not genetic this is yeah a social construct <laughs> that I think is an inherent social construct, not social construct, social instance. Yeah. But I think, I think there are plenty of examples of communities in the world that don't necessarily rely on memes. Yeah. You know, and there are places in the world that memes are more prevalent than others. Mm-hmm. Like the U S is a very meme heavy culture at the moment with the younger generations with millennials and Gen Z. We're very, meme heavy mm-hmm. some gen x do get a lot of memes and they were you know more involved with that especially ones who got into the internet on like the early part mm-hmm. like in early internet time this is my question is this what you're saying i'm going to describe what i am currently understanding as being the broader definition of a meme and would love if you could correct the way that my brain is potentially comprehending this mm-hmm. so we have community a we have community b yeah, yeah, yeah community a has a thing that makes reference like originated from community A, members of community A understand it, it has meaning to them. Community B then takes thing from community A and changes it in some way to have a different meaning to community B. Okay. Correct. But the thing I want to talk about too is, and this is why I don't want to say that it's an inherent thing because there are things like cultural appropriation, which I would not consider a meme. That's not memeing culture. That's, you know, memes are intended to create like a new original piece of content and not, you know, like a new, a new thing that fits your culture and not uh, the example I can think of right now. That's like appropriation. And therefore I would not consider a meme. And I do consider Mm -hmm. harmful is people disrespecting kimono and making them into a, yeah. a twisted, inaccurate version of the actual Japanese culture and, like, disrespecting that very beautiful part of that <sighs> it's culture. It's just interesting because, like, I would, where never, ever does that line never. exist? Because it's very similar, if we're looking at it from mm-hmm. a perspective of what is actually happening and the intent behind it, the intent in some cases is the same, mm-hmm. but the result is different. Hmm. Me personally, but I think what if when it's you're harmful doing and this it wasn't to harm someone, it's no longer a meme. To me, it's there's if there's intent to harm, it's not a meme. Hmm. If you're accidentally, if you think that you're doing, you know, people make mistakes. If you're not intending to harm people with it and you learn from that and do not repeat the behavior, okay. I guess it's All an right. unsuccessful meme, maybe, perhaps. And I would love to hear listeners' opinions on that. But, like, hard line for me is if you're intending to hurt yeah, another I, yeah, cultural group. Yeah, I agree. And finding it hard meme. to have my brain like this larger umbrella definition of meme. It's brain-breaking, and I try not to think about it a lot. <laughs> it's not just you. Okay, I don't I want to think about it more, but at the same time, I feel like that is too broad of a definition. Like, that's encompassing way too many things. And that's discussed in, like, the study of meme culture, that 
it's hard to really pin down what the boundaries of a meme yeah. are when you're talking about like I think it's easy to see the boundaries of internet memes mm-hmm. very yeah, easily. Yeah, that one I get. But discussing meme in non-internet culture and and all that that's very it's discussed and debated a lot and criticized. But yeah, it's it's just strange because cuz it's like everything and nothing at the same time you know yeah it's and it's one of those like that doesn't make sense kind of things no and especially living in america a country that is regularly talked about as being a place that is like a melting pot if you like that terminology yeah but like it's a it's a combination of of taking things from other cultures in a lot of instances not always in a disrespectful way and making it like relevant to the individual it's just hard because i feel like that broad definition is too broad I don't remember your name, person who made it. You made it too broad. <laughs> <laughs> With the fashion example I gave before, I think to me, a fashion meme would, uh, the best way I think of this is like the recurrence of previous fashion trends from like 20, 30 years ago that are in some way updated okay. to current style and current culture. Like that I can yeah. see as a meme. Just taking, just taking, or like when people make those costumes that are, Rococo, correct, but it's Ronald McDonald. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a meme. But when people are just like, oh, we borrowed this one clothing item. I can't bring up one in my head right now. But we made it fit our culture, and it's a regular, everyday working clothing item. Technically, technically, by this weird, broad definition, it's a meme. But, like, I don't think of that as a meme. Do you think that that separation has to do potentially with it is intended to be, I don't want to say a joke, but that's the only word that I can sort of think, I can't think of another word for that right now. Or like jovial or fun. Fun. I would say fun. Yeah, okay. I think I would say fun. Intentional? Intentional and fun. Yeah. Intended for fun okay. kind of thing. Yes. Obviously, this is not to discount any memes that are made to like harm people. And there are things that are, you know, unintentionally oh, harmful. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think. Or intentionally harmful. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think that, like, the resurgence of bell-bottoms right now. Okay. But they're made to be more in line with 2022. That doesn't feel like, that doesn't feel like a meme to me. Because it's not intended to be a joke. Not a joke. It's not intended to, well, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't feel bad. It's, it's, it's literally, my brain has been, like, melting and reforming and melting and reforming, trying to figure this out. And I don't think that there is, I don't think that there is a concrete answer. No, but I love that. I love the discussion that goes into that. I would say, in a similar vein of resurgence of fashion, I saw an article this week. I don't remember where. <laughs> Not somewhere reputable. Okay. Like, <laughs> that, like, something about the, like, jeans under dresses coming back. That yeah. meme. Yes. Bell bottoms making a resurgence doesn't feel like a meme to me, though. But I, what I mean, though, is that, like, these bell bottom, like, the bell bottom example is, like, mm-hmm. they're being made with concurrent fashion modern trends, contemporary yeah. trends at the same time. So you'll see things like bell bottoms that have, like, any any kind of modern pattern that you would never have seen on a, you know what I mean? They so do. it's, like, this, this mashing of the two cultures. And someone who's from the 70s would look at this and be like, I don't get it. Yeah. But someone from 2022 who's in the generation making them. Because they have more context. Be like, oh my god, that's the funnest thing. I never would have thought of that. Okay. God, that's confusing. I love it. I think that discussions like this are really fun to have. Because it's a way to sort of engage with something that we're seeing 
all the time that if we're looking at it from this broader perspective has been happening for a very long time. And it's a way to, like, how do we categorize it? We're both librarians, okay? Talking about how things get categorized, incredibly fun. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's a little bit of the, I think, the library brain happening right now. (laughs) Yeah. So here's the the other one that comes into play with specifically internet memes. Meme versus viral content. You can have a viral meme. Yeah. But it's it's square it's square rectangle. Yes, it is square rectangle. You can have yeah. a viral meme, but not every viral content thing, item, not every mm-hmm. piece of viral content is a meme. And the kind of disgust thing that makes it a meme is that at least one part of the original content has to be changed and made new. I agree. Okay, that's a that's a firm that's a firm definition change. I like it. <laughs> So I think a lot of the ways that people interact with viral content right now are TikTok. Yeah. So a TikTok example. TikTok dances generally are viral content. Obviously, things can be changed to make them into yes. a meme. But not every not every redoing of a TikTok dance is going to change it. When you get people from other cultural groups doing this, and, and when we say cultural groups, like, it can mean tabletop RPG players. It can mean cosplayers. It can be librarians. It can be, you know, it's, this is not confined to kind of the broader ones that people generally talk about, like race and and country, locale. It can be more like niche groups of interest. So long as the group of individuals, like they have to have something Mm -hmm. in common, whether that thing in common is we all watch the same TV show. We like to wear the same types of clothes and care about the same fashion and read the same articles or we all play the same games or like there is some sort of linking factor that is distinguishing that as yeah. a community and you everyone is part of more than exactly. one community of course but like i may send you a reference from a tv show that you've never watched and that wouldn't make sense to you because you're not a part of that community if we're categorizing it that way looking at this is just it's just it's wild it's fun it's brain breaking there are times that I have had to put this down and like walk away for the day because I'm just like, I hate this. This is horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I like things that hurt your brain in this way. (laughs) It's like a puzzle that we're never going to be able to solve, but still the act of trying to solve it is a fun time. So memes as postmodern folklore are already being discussed. And as we have been discussing, it is agreed that due to the broad definition of what exists as memes, while we often think of them as in-jokes in communities, they can be political, they can be thought-provoking, they can cause immense amounts of harm if misinformation and harmful rhetoric is used in the creation. Yeah, agreed. Two main ways of changing memes as they spread are mimicry and remixing. Remixing takes a single element and changes it. For example, swapping Maggie from The Simpsons' face out of the do-it-for-her meme is remixing. Mimicry, on the other hand, imitates the meme with new content. For example, taking an image or photoshopped meme and creating it in cosplay with different characters. Or Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the ones that I see online are the draw your squad as, and it's like a a general like pose with like faceless beans you know yeah and then you draw like your favorite characters as that kind of squad we're gonna go over a couple of the popular types of memes mm-hmm. genres if you will okay because there are some that are like heavily used in reference in the locked doom series one of them is image macros, and these are your images with 
usually impact font is used and mm-hmm. it says something Same on, font. yeah and it says something on it a lot of people know grumpy cat or the oh really owl that was popular in the early 2000s mm-hmm. yeah. um, or those advice animals the animals that have this like pattern behind them and there's like the mm-hmm. angry wolf or like the ang- the like aggressive compliment wolf or whatever it was. Yes. The other one is copy pastas, which are a block of text that are copied and pasted and spread through online communities. Often they're changed to like be relevant to the community, but some of them are just wholesale copy pasted and like mm-hmm. dumped into the like context or lack of context of that block of words. <laughs> These were really popular in the early days of email. Uh, mm-hmm. Think of like chain emails with the superstitious stories, and you oh, had to God, send yes. it to ten friends, or something terrible would happen in like three days yeah. or whatever. Middle school me believed that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fully. Oh, fully. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this was a deep dive that was really fun because I don't really remember these coming into play until like later in internet culture. But there were also things that got sent with these chain emails, like the, like, immunity dog, where, like, if the dog was included in the email, you were immune to any of the negative effects of the chain email. God, the early 2000s. (laughs) But did you know that... A time. Did you know that chain letters have been around since the 1880s? Oh, I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked (laughs) one bit. I'm not surprised by that. One of the biggest ones is from the 1930s and it had to do with like sending a nickel or a dime like back to something it was a whole complicated thing but yeah it's they've been around for like forever since there's been very Mm -hmm. reliable mail (laughs) yeah not shocked in the slightest we have photoshop edits examples include the david Tennant in places he shouldn't be memes i remember making an original one of those on tumblr and it was in the height of game of thrones so it was like david Tennant like skipping through the Dothraki as they were going through like <laughs> all right well <laughs> like it was like Danny with like the Dothraki like behind her and David Tennant was just like skipping in the middle of it there also as we mentioned before before there's the do it for her meme which is very uh, popular mm, yes uh, I do remember you just that. swap out Maggie's face yeah <laughs> photo fads like planking oh god yeah <laughs> Oh, God, yeah. How old were you when planking was a thing? I was in freshman in high school. Yeah, I was a freshman in college. We... I have one picture of me planking. There's a replica Stonehenge not too mm-hmm. far from, like, comparatively not too far from where I grew up. And we had a, we were on a band trip, and we went, and it's a life-size replica Stonehenge. <laughs> I did not, but it's a whole bunch of high schoolers climbing the top of replica Stonehenge to plank. Oh my god, I thought they were just going to plank in the grass. <laughs> it's a replica Stonehenge. You can climb it. You can touch it. I did not climb and have secondhand embarrassment to this day. It was 2012. <laughs> Another popular photo fad is like the Leading Tower of Pisa thing where they pretend people pretend that they're holding it up. But they'll also do that with other things like trees that are leaning heavily you'll see people doing like the same thing yeah that is a fad isn't mm-hmm. it that has persisted for a long time at this point. a while that one's been around for that's probably one two. of the like most like longest lasting it's probably it's pretty well known too yeah like used in a bunch of different yeah well okay Whew. we have lip sync which existed before tiktok but tiktok has oh, yeah. really taken this and like run with it uh some classic memes both on and off the internet why am i saying both on and off the internet this is these are all internet sometimes you print them out from the internet though and just like slide them across the desk to the person sitting next to you i do have at my desk at work <laughs> i have 
my shepherd, and then it says this is my favorite library in the Citadel. Oh, fun. <laughs> like, printed out, and it's on my... <laughs> Love that. <laughs> baby Cha-Cha is what many people point to as the first internet meme. You will know Baby Cha-Cha as soon as I show you Baby oh, Cha-Cha. Okay. I don't, off the top of my head, don't know that one. It's the little baby that's, like, doing a little dance. I have never seen this before in my life. You've never seen Baby Cha-Cha? I hate it so much. Why did you have to show me that? I had never... I hate that so much. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Oh, I do not like. I don't either. I'm sorry. I'm laughing because it's, like... Because it's, it's such okay. a relevant, prevalent part of, like, my childhood. Never seen that before in my life. those kind of things. Do you know Rafflecopter? Mm-mm. Oh, my God. This is, this is an education for Lexi. It's, like, a GIF. Made from ASCII art. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had never seen that one before either. Do you know the Hamster Dance website? Um, no. <laughs> the, the song The Hamster Dance comes from this website. Oh, wow. And if you just keep scrolling, it's just hamsters all the way down. It's hamsters all the way down. With the Robin Hood theme from Disney Motion Pictures. I, wow, you didn't. I'm just, I feel young and old. <laughs> And then I think most people know the it's a trap reaction image. No, I, I'm not a... You don't know the Admiral Akbar it's a trap? Oh, this is Star Trek, isn't it? Star Wars. Star Wars. I'm not a Star Wars person. Do you understand that that is a joke that I have been pretending that I understand for a long time, but I've never actually seen... Yeah, I haven't seen that before. <laughs> it is in the originals. Oh, is that in the original series or is that... I'm going to be honest, I had no idea what Admiral Ackbar looked like. You little fishy dude. It's from Return of the Jedi. Okay. So those are some of the earliest internet memes. So we're now at the point where Gideon the Ninth comes into play. Or the Locked Tomb. But we're starting with Gideon the Ninth. Yes. We're only going over the ones in this book today. And I don't mean like we can't talk about ones in other books, but the focus. I only read Gideon the Ninth for this mm -hmm. episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did not try to like through all three they're dense books so yeah so tamsin weir is a millennial she's like a middle millennial i would say like she's she's 37 or 38 years old so she grew up entrenched in meme culture on the internet in the early days of meme culture memes are also and i'm not saying gen z doesn't use memes but millennials use memes in a very different way than gen z often does and that's really apparent when seeing people from Gen Z talk about the memes in these books sometimes because they're like, I don't understand this. This is so dumb. And I'm just over in the corner as a millennial, like, cackling to myself. I only caught a handful of them. <laughs> I only caught a handful. I will say the highest concentration of memes does come in Harold the Night. Yes. And it is, there is not confirmation from this as Tamsin, but as someone who has, you know, been a reader for a very long time, it appears to me that in Harrow specifically, they are used in part to contribute to the unreliable narrator. Yeah. It is very apparent through all points of view shown in Harrow the Ninth, we'll say, that these things tend to be very out of place, especially when you get to Harrow and Nona. The river bubble things and the fan fiction environments that yeah. Harrow goes through in the river bubble contribute to like the unreliability of her and the other narrator of the series and this is a spoiler for anyone who doesn't want to be spoiled about this skip like 15 seconds ahead and Gideon yeah when you realize it's Gideon and it's very much part of Gideon's like jokes someone I saw online and I don't know that this is true I think that they just have access to memes someone <laughs> was talking about like Gideon genetically 
being passed the knowledge of millennial memes from John. Oh. And I was like, as much as I would love that, I think Gideon just has a stack of old mags because the ninth house has been closed for so long. Yeah, I think that's probably more likely. <laughs> that it's just that she keeps rereading the same bad jokes out of these magazines. <laughs> or we're just supposed to understand that everyone has context mm. of meme culture because they yeah, just some do. Of them, some of them are very blink and you'll miss it. And unless you're sitting there purposefully trying to pick out every single meme out of the book, you're not going to see them. Right. Yeah, you'll miss them. One of them that is my favorite, I'm trying not to go in order, like, chronologically through the book. So one of them that is my favorite is Iante says the plot congeals, which you will fully miss. <laughs> I didn't get that one. I missed that. But yeah. If people don't immediately get it is a lot of people know the phrase the plot thickens from Sherlock Holmes, A Study in Scarlet. It's actually from a 17th century play called The Rehearsal by George, I think it's Villiers. I think he was English, so it's probably Villiers or Villiers. And it's mainly been used as a joke since then. And I just love that it's like made contextual to this world of locked tomb because Iante makes it about blood. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's very good. Some of my other favorites we do get. One that I find interesting and could be seen as a meme is the prayer for the ninth being a bit of a meme of the Lord's Prayer from Catholicism. Yeah. And Catholicism and Catholic-specific religious trauma is a huge part of these this series. And I think it's just interesting that we get a very formal... And the ninth is presented to us as, like, everyone on there is a Catholic, and then kind of everywhere else except for the eighth house, you get Protestant, the Protestant umbrella. Protestant is like an umbrella term. Versions of the same religion. Yeah, the ninth house is very devout. And they have very specific traditional ways of doing everything. That are rooted in a historical individual's written shit. Yeah, where everyone else like knows of God and talks about God and worships God, but has changed a bit from planet to planet, depending on like the cultural growth on that planet. So another one that I love that stood out to me was when Harrow says... While we were developing common sense, she studied the blade. Am I right, Griddle? And while you were partying, I studied the blade is a meme from, I thought it was much older. It apparently started in like 2016, hmm. which I thought it was a much older internet meme. I've not heard this one before. What is it from? You don't know this one? No. I told you, memes don't stick in my brain. I might have seen it and just <laughs> don't remember. <laughs> so it's an image macro. Okay. It's generally of men clutching some kind of blade okay and the initial one says something along the lines of while you were partying i studied the blade what is it from though reddit okay (laughs) reddit (laughs) fucking reddit is a dumpster fire that i did not ever get some kind of blink and you'll miss it ones some other blink and you'll miss it ones gideon when referring to her porn mags says i read them for the articles (laughs) oh okay yeah (laughs) another one is what's with the skulls ambiance do you remember the aesthetic meme from a few years ago because aesthetic Mm -hmm. yeah so there's that and i was laughing camilla at one point camilla hacked goddess of our lives says (laughs) oh god i love her i love her so much we don't deserve no one deserves camilla i love camilla (laughs) except palamedes deserves camilla hacked except palamedes and pira correct (laughs) correct Our Lord and Savior, Camilla Hecht, says... God, I love her so much. I'm so gay. (laughs) (laughs) They ever make a 
show of this. Ah, oh, I want them. Yeah, to I want an animated these. show. I want anime. That's the only way you can mm-hmm. do it and not have it look bad. Anyway, our Lord and Savior Camilla Hecht says "Indubitable Warden," which is a playoff of "Indubitably Watson." from Sherlock Holmes. There's a lot of, there's quite a bit of Sherlock Holmes snuck in here, and I love that. Gideon also says, Harrow, you can't just ask people why they want to be a lictor. I love that one. (laughs) Which is, for those of you who may not know Mean Girls, which is not the best movie in the world, there are very harmful stereotypes in Mean Girls, but Gretchen says to Karen, when Karen asks Katie why she's white and from Africa, says, Karen, you can't just ask people why they're white. So it's like an almost verbatim reference. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Almost verbatim. That one I got immediately. Mm-hmm. There's a couple... Oh, there's one that we can talk yeah. about later that I, I don't know if it's a meme a or if it's just been memefied enough that I now think of it as a meme when I read. Internet meme, but the way they're used, like the indubitable Gordon and things like that aren't necessarily considered necessarily an internet meme, but they are m- memed a lot by other by other pieces of media. Mm-hmm. The one that I'm thinking of that I don't know if it was intended to be a meme or if people have just drawn it this way enough times that it is now a meme is when Harrow is drawing the skull or painting the skull on Gideon's face. And it's the whole, like, I picture it the reference to that, like, early 2000s photo of, like, the girlfriend, (laughs) like, like, straddling with with the makeup brush and, like, painting on her face. That is what I now picture when I read, which... Has people have redrawn that with those characters, but like that's what I picture as being a meme, and I don't know if it was intended to be that way. I don't remember how it was written, or if it's just been redrawn that way enough times by the community. Yeah, I I think it is. I think it's not. <laughs> it's one of those. I I think it's not intentional, but I think enough people have thought of that in reference to it, mm-hmm. like independently. Yeah, you know, we get some. That's what she said. Liners. Yes, quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> only only two in Gideon. There is a direct, that's what she said that Gideon does. But then also in the fight with Kitharea, mid-battle, <laughs> Harrow says, I need to be inside you. And then Gideon says, okay, you're not even trying. <laughs> <laughs> I love them so much. What I think was interesting about Gideon is there were like pockets of memes. So you would get like a bunch in like a hundred page span and then they would be absent for like most of the mm-hmm. next 200 pages kind of thing. Um, act two is where you really see them drop off dramatically the first time. Things get complicated in act two though. So makes yes. sense. Yes. But then some of them are brought back in moments of high tension, like that second, that's what she said moment mm-hmm. with Gideon. So it's just interesting. And then we have a character who is, you could say a trope, but I think the way this is being used is a meme. Ianthe is the Draco in leather pants trope. Yeah. But she's such a literal, direct Draco in leather pants reference that it feels like a meme. Yes. <laughs> she is kind of making fun of that trope, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yes. I, Ianthe Tridentarius, the woman who will bring us all down. Yeah, she would. Uh, <laughs> yep. She's still weirdly hot. I don't understand. I should hate Ianthe with my entire body. <laughs> and I'm still like, mm, I'd suffer. 
that is my scholarly analysis Love of it. the memes in Gideon the Ninth. Thank you for joining us for this mildly unhinged episode of Lore Untold. Shockingly, I think it was less un- unhinged than we intended. Yeah, yeah. I think the Harrow slash Nona one will be a bit more unhinged, but Hell yeah. if you want to find us online, you can find us at Lore Untolds. You can also find me, Towson, at a Neverbird on Twitter. Where can we find you, Lexi? Uh, I exist on TikTok and Twitter at Loch Ness Lex. That's Loch Ness the Monster, Lex, L-E-X. Lauren Told is on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and also laurentold.com and also laurentold.gmail.com. <laughs> Please share your favorite Gideon the Ninth or general Locked Tomb memes with us. We would love to see your favorites. We would. Did you know that one of the like coolest, nicest things you could gift us for this holiday season we are currently living in is um, to like write a review on iTunes? Yeah, or we're also on Patreon. Come join us over there. We will be sharing probably more Gideon memes over on Patreon. Yeah. So join us for a fun time. We may even set up a little chat discussion about them. That would be fun. Yes, that come, would be super fun. Come join us. Come hang out with us. It's a good time. We hope you have a very, oh, this is going to be airing way after the holidays. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) We hope your 2023 is off to a great start and we will see you soon. Bye-bye. Goodbye.